Good morning. Good morning. Test, test. Is this on? Good morning. Good morning. Praise the Lord. How many of you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Woo! Hey, why don't you, there we go. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, man, you look good this morning. Now look back at him and say, I always look good. Amen. Hey, we're glad you're here this morning. Uh, we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to get into his word in just a little bit. We're going to just have a good time this morning, and, and uh, we're glad you're here. Thank you for coming out this morning. A uh, couple things real quick before we get started. I want to say thank you to everyone who came and helped with Love Lone Grove yesterday. Uh, we had a wonderful time. We had a lot of people come through the doors. Uh, I, d I don't have the exact count, but I believe we gave away over 130 backpacks with school supplies to the kids and I thought that was awesome. I know some some said we didn't we we would we wanted to give more. We have some left. But I saw on Facebook there was a, a big church in Oklahoma City only gave 200 away. So I said, well, we didn't do too bad then for Lone Grove. And so we're excited. Uh, but I want to say thank you to all that came out and worked. Thank you to all that, that helped us get ready for it. And uh, uh, we have a lot of stuff left back there. And so uh, we, we have left it back there for right now. Um, I know a lot of you didn't make it out yesterday, and I know there's something back there that you need. There's probably a lot of stuff back there that you need uh, at your house or, or wherever you want to put it. In the, you know. And so uh, we want to invite you after service this morning or even tonight, make your way back to the fellowship hall and grab an armful 
Uh, if you want to grab an armful this morning and tonight, that would be um, amazing. Uh, maybe you know someone that needs some stuff that didn't get to come out yesterday. And so what we're going to do, we have, we still have a lot of stuff and, and we've got to haul that stuff off. We're going to, uh, we're going to load it up and take it to a teen challenge thrift store so that they can sell it and it benefit a uh, teen challenge. But we'd like to get rid of as much as we can before we do that. So if you, um, know someone that needs it, this is what we decided to do. Uh, we're going to leave it up this week and out there on the welcome desk there's the sign up sheet if we can get volunteers that will come and just sit back there uh, and, and we're gonna allow people to come in and, and be able to take what they need it's all free if they can uh, but we need volunteers to help sit back there um, and, and so we're gonna do it from 10 to 2 uh, Monday through Friday if we have the volunteers and so if you can come up for uh, a day or an hour or half a, half of that time or even the full time one day or maybe an hour each day, if you would sign on that on that paper, just put your name and the times that you can come, uh, that way we'll know. And if we, can only, if we only have a couple people each day that can stay a couple hours, we'll only open during that time. But we'll put a sign out on the, on the road and put the times that we're going to be open so that people will know that it's here. I know a lot of people might not have found out about it until yesterday or even they might have heard about it from somebody that came. And uh, we always get phone calls. Do you still have backpacks? Do you have, still have stuff for the week after? And so we're going to say, yes, we do. Come and get it. And uh, matter of fact, we'll help you load it up. You bring a pickup, we'll fill it up. But we do have backpacks as well. So if you know some kids that, that need a backpack or, or need the school supplies, send them up here as well, but from 10 to two. And so if you could help us out by volunteering, uh, just even for an hour or however long you can, uh, that way we can maybe get rid of some more of that stuff before we haul it off uh, and, and it'll make it easier on us having to haul it. We, we love the Bless Teen Challenge and, and for them to be able to use that and benefit from it. But we also want to, our purpose is to love Lone Grove. And so if we can bless more people in Lone Grove before we take it, uh, that would be wonderful as well. So, um, but we need those volunteers though. Uh, we need somebody to be back there. We can't just open the doors up and, and uh, let them have free room. So um, basically you just sit there and uh, bag it up for them when they get an armful and, uh, and, and, you know, pray for them if they need it and send them on their way. So um, be sure and get a bulletin. There's some things coming up, men's breakfast, uh, heart to heart. And uh, prime timers, the, the usual things, they're in the bulletin, so be sure and get that. Uh, I have one announcement that's kind of urgent. Our, our Women's Have the Daughters Conference is coming up. It's September 9th and 10th. This week, I believe tomorrow or Tuesday, is the deadline for the early bird rate. Uh, so if you're interested in going with, uh, to that, ladies, um, meet with Jill right down here after the service so she can get you signed up. Uh, if we sign up, I think by tomorrow, uh, how much is it? sixty dollars a person after that it goes up and so if you can still go but you just had to pay a little bit more so if you'll meet with Jill down here after service it's an awesome conference it's in Oklahoma City this year Oklahoma City um, you'll have to do hotels and stuff so they really need you to go ahead and get signed up so they can get hotels booked and, and, and get everything the sixty dollars for the conference then there'll be a little hotel price on top of it and uh, uh, so be sure and meet with Jill down here afterwards to, to get signed up for that as well. Um, and also, we need some nursery workers. Um, it's, it's a great thing to have kids and babies, but in order for them to be able to go back there, listen, when my kids were babies, which was a long time ago, one of the things my wife griped about was if I'm sitting in church holding this brat, I mean this baby, I'm not getting anything out of the service. 
And so we want, we want our moms and dads to be able to come and enjoy service and, and be able to, the Lord be able to minister to them while their kids are back there being ministered to by someone. And so, and being taken care of in a safe environment. So we need some more nursery workers. If you're willing to help with that, would you uh, just after service this morning, holler at, uh, at Courtney and just tell her, say, hey, I put my name down and, and we'll get you on the list. We try to rotate where you don't have to do it all the time. Uh, the more that we have, obviously, the less often you have to do it. But if we could rotate where maybe you only have to do it once, maybe twice a month, uh, that would be awesome. And, and so we really appreciate you for that. Um, I believe... Randy's going to come this morning and has an announcement for us as well. Don't go away. This will take a couple minutes. <laughs> okay. Um, obviously, everyone knows that last Sunday was the last service of Pastor Gary. So, can you hear me? All right. Okay, everyone knows that last Sunday was Pastor Gary's last service here. So I've had the question, and I'm sure everybody else has too, what are we doing, what's going on, what's happening? So as a board, and uh, the board members are myself, uh, Brother Dan Johns, Brother Ron Stinson, and who did I forget? Brother Merle, right back here. Okay, so there's only four of us right now. <laughs> And it's our responsibility to carry forward with the plans for a pastor. We have plans weekly right now to bring someone in, like Brother Dwayne Duck. He's going to be here this morning. And uh, we have Chasing Some at night. We have uh, uh, Jonathan Some on Wednesday nights. But that's just temporary. We also have a plan that Miss LaDonna has helped put in place that we're going to look for and find a temporary interim pastor to help us get through the next two or three months. That way we don't have to find somebody every service to come in and, and uh, preach a sermon to us. And after that, the next thing going is, is to find a full-time pastor to come in and, and, and be here. So we have started a pulpit committee, which consists of the four board members I just mentioned, and it also consists of Brother Gary Cook, uh, Miss Emily Cross, and who else? Uh, uh, Lynn Hawkersmith. So there's seven of us um, that will be looking for a pastor. That is not our sole responsibility. We will take in resumes, we'll read them, we'll interview, we'll go listen to, and we'll bring them in here for y'all to listen to. Ultimately, it is y'all's responsibility to elect or vote on the next pastor. We're going to go out and do some hunting, but y'all are the one that's going, to, that's going to have the end game on it. So with all that said, I want to say that the, the pulpit committee, we also have some training coming up too. We, uh, Ms. LaDonna has found us a man that will come down and train us on how to find a pastor that will fit our church, our lifestyle in southern Oklahoma, and our lifestyle here in Lone Grove. So that's gonna be a big help. And with all that, I wanna say that everybody on the committee, we covet your prayers for wisdom in the decisions that we make and the people that we interview, the people that we go and listen to, that we do what is right. We'll be able to discern the good from the bad, the right decisions to make on all of us. And then 
Next, I would ask that you would pray for each other for the same thing because, as I've mentioned before, it's each one of y'all that's going to have a vote in this, and each one of y'all needs to be praying for yourself for wisdom and for your neighbors and your brothers and sisters that we get it right, that we get the man that comes in here, or woman, I'm, I don't want to be pluralistic here, uh, that we get the right person to come in here and, and be our pastor, that we can grow and in our ministry here and in our ministry outside these walls also. And it's not going to be easy, you know. Um, most churches are shrinking at this time, and we want to be able to say that we're not. We want to have a growing church, a, an active church, one that's active in missions, one that's active in, in ministries around the community. So pray for yourself, pray for your neighbors, your brothers and sisters, and please, please pray for the board and the, the pulpit committee because we're just, we're just seven people trying to make a decision for 150 of you. And we don't really take that lightly because it's, it's a, to be honest with you, it's, a, it's an awesome responsibility. And if somebody wants to really be on this board, I will abdicate my place. <laughs> it, would, it, would, it, would be, it would be your headache instead of mine, but it's, it's really my responsibility is why I'm doing it as a board member. So. Yeah, you know, keep all that in mind, and if as we progress, uh, we will try to come up here and, and have something for you. Maybe not every week, because we may not get something done every week. But every once in a while, we'll keep you filled in. We do not want you to be in the dark. We want you to know what's going on. This is your church, and we want you to be as active in it and as responsible for it as we are. So, and with that said, thank you. Amen. He said it was going to be short, but you know, something about this, something about this area, you just can't stop talking when you get up here. So. Amen. Do, do keep the board and keep the church in your prayers. Keep, keep, keep us in prayers as we're continuing to move forward. You know, we, we, our pastor has, has, has moved on to, uh, uh I, I shouldn't say greener pastures, but he's moved on. And so it doesn't mean the church stops. It doesn't mean that God stopped moving in this church. We want to continue to move. We want to continue to follow the Lord. So uh, continue praying as well. If our ushers will come, we're going to take up our tithes and offering this morning. Thank you for your giving, your faithful support. Amen. Stand with us this morning. We're going to, we're going to pray, and then we're going to enter into worship this morning. How many of you are ready to worship the Lord this morning? I said, how many are ready to worship the Lord this morning? There we go. That sounds better. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. We just thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we have the, the, the privilege, Lord, the honor to come before you, Lord, with our requests and our needs, Father, but to come before you with worship and with praise and thanksgiving, Lord. We pray this morning as we receive our offering that you would bless this gift, Lord, that you'd bless the giver, Lord. You'd multiply this as it goes to further your kingdom. And Lord, as we enter into worship, as we enter into your presence, God, we pray for a mighty move of God. Let your Holy Spirit flow through this building right now fresh and anew. Lord, we love you and we praise you in the wonderful name of Jesus.
this story. Death is beaten, you have rescued me. Sing it out, Jesus is alive. The empty cross, the empty grave. Life eternal, you have won the day. Sing it out, Jesus is alive. Oh, he's alive. church, Lord. 
We thank you, God, for the leading and the guiding and the directing of the Holy Spirit. God, open our hearts to flow in that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to move so you can move. Come and do what only you can do. I want to live in expectation of your kingdom breaking through. Of your kingdom breaking through. Yes, God. yes God. My hands are open. My heart is free. Open the heavens. Rain down on me. Fall down on me. My hands are open. My heart is free. Open the heavens. Rain down on me. Fall down. to you in holds by your power I receive I want to live in expectation with you I'll do greater things cause I believe in greater things my hands are open my heart is free open the heavens rain down Fall down on me, my hands are open, my heart is free, open the heavens, rain down on me, fall down on me, till all that overwhelms is overwhelmed by you, and every soul has seen what you can do, a holy visitation. Where everything is changing, there's no empty spaces when you move. Till all that overwhelms is overwhelmed by you, and every soul has seen what you can do. A holy visitation, where everything is changing, there's no empty spaces when you
You'll get me to it. I believe you'll lead me through it. 
You can feel the Holy Spirit here this morning. If you've got something in your life that needs to break, now's the time. The Holy Spirit's stirring this morning. If you need a healing, why don't you just step out in the aisle? You need a miracle in your family, why don't you step out in the aisle nearest to you? We're going to pray. I believe that God's going to move. I believe God's going to break some chains. He's going to break some things this morning. If you're here and you need a healing, you need a touch, maybe just need prayer for something, just step out in the aisle nearest to you. We want to pray for you. Hallelujah. 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 Just make your way out there. If you see somebody stand out now, why not reach out and put a hand on their shoulder? Why not just reach out and pray for them? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you this morning. Lord, we praise you because we know you're still in the miracle working business. God, you still move. You still touch. God, you still heal. You still deliver. Lord, I pray this morning for those that have reached out. Lord, maybe there's others here that need uh, a move in their life. Lord, maybe in their home. Lord, I pray that you right now begin to move. God, something has to break, and you have the power to break those chains. You have the power to break that sickness. You have the power to break that, that, that depression. Lord, you have the power to break whatever it is that's holding them this morning. Lord, and we know, God, that you'll move right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for healing. We pray for deliverance. We pray for a mighty touch of God right now in their lives, God, in their homes, in their jobs, in their family in their finances God whatever it is we pray that you move right now God God move in this place we love you tonight or this morning Lord we praise you because we know that you still are a miracle working God 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just praise him for one more moment. Can we just lift up our hands and just worship him for one more moment this morning? For one more minute, Lord, we love you. We glorify you. We exalt you this morning because you're worthy of our praise, God. You're worthy to be praised and lifted up, Lord. We, we glorify you, God. Everything that we do, we give you praise for. We glorify you. God, we love you this morning because you first loved us. Lord, because you gave everything for us. We exalt you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? I said it wrong. Ain't God good. I, f I forgot where I'm at. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I said it a while ago. Be sure and get a bulletin so you can keep up with stuff that's going on. We're going to try to keep everything in there that's going on. But uh, again... I'm begging you, pray for your church, pray for your leadership, and, and as Randy said, pray for each other. This is a time where without a pastor, you know, they'll saying when the cat's away, the mice will play. Sometimes without a pastor, sometimes we can, we can get a little snippy with each other. And Lord, I pray that doesn't happen. I pray for peace. I pray for unity. Because right now the enemy would seek to come and to just divide this church, to divide us against each other. And, and, and I pray it doesn't happen. And I pray that you lift each other up. And, and, and I pray that you look at each other with grace. And I pray that you, as, as we face things in the next few weeks and months, that, that we look at each other and we say, Lord, help me to, to be a servant, to be a vessel, to be used. And not, not to grow quick to anger, but Lord, to, to be quick to peace and, and quick to helping each other. And, and I pray that over our church today. Amen. Amen. We need to stand together through this. Amen. Amen. This morning, uh, Brother Dwayne Duck is going to come minister to us. He's a local. Many of you know him. I've, I've had several, uh, several people this week say, man, I'm glad I get to hear him preach. And so uh, we're glad to have you this morning. And, and we welcome you and take your liberty. And You got that? Okay. All right. Get it? Yeah, there it is. Okay. As long as one of us is alive, that's all that matters. <laughs> Good to be here. We're thankful to be back in Long Grove, though this has many, many, many memories. And um, my wife and I were talking last night. We're fixing to celebrate another anniversary. I don't know how that came about, but I believe it has. And I remember we got to talk at our first date was to the Long Grove Assembly of God, and they had Saturday night service. I know, I know, but they did there <laughs> and here. <laughs> and so we went, we, that's, we couldn't go to a place but church. And of course, where do you have church on Saturday night? She said, I heard about one in Long Grove that has Saturday night service. So we winged our way down from uh, over close to El Alamo, Oklahoma, and um, she went in, and they recognized her. They didn't know me from Adam, and they said, uh, would you sing? And she said, yes, got up, started to the uh, platform, stepped in a knot hole, and broke her heel off. From then on, they thought she was a cripple. She went like this all <laughs> night long. <laughs> but anyway, she got another pair of shoes and got instant healing. <laughs> but uh, uh, that was the beginning of a great thing, and she sung that night. While she was singing, God was talking to my heart. She was 16. I had just turned 20. 
And on the way home from church, I said, I don't know if you got anything out of that service, but God told me we're going to get married and pastor that church sometime. And she didn't say nothing. She looked straight down the road for 45 minutes, never breathed, I don't think. I said, well, I guess that's that. I won't bring it up anymore. But uh, I got home and I said, you want me to come back? She said, I guess so. So I went back and I've been going back ever since. So uh, we, we got past the knot hole and everything seemed to smooth out pretty good. There are a lot of things, a lot of memories. And I look out here and see some faces that have probably had a few memories right along with us on that too. And we're thankful to be here. It's just a pleasure. Thank the board for being uh, courteous enough and thinking about us and uh, trusting us enough to turn us loose one more time over here. And uh, we'll share with you what we have. And I know God will bless it. I, my daughter and son are going to come and sing. And my wife would if she could, but she's kind of getting a little more stove up. I've drug her all over the world, and I've just about drug her down. She can't hardly walk anymore, but uh, she'll still do her best whenever she can and where she can. So Sabrina and if you, Kaylee, will come on, and uh, they're going to sing something. I don't know what it is. It'll probably be something about the Lord, I would guess. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Use a mic. Yeah, that's it. Go. Go, go, go. Hallelujah. Well, let's just continue into that inner court as we sing this this morning. Tearing down walls, lifting his children whenever one falls. 
He's turning rivers of tears and to laughter. He's making fences. He's changing minds. I've seen him do it time after time. He's speaking peace to the storm because he's the master. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory to your name forever. Hallelujah. Don't be discouraged. No. God's on your side. He may not come in a hurry. He's on his way. He'll get there in time. Yes. And prove there's no reason to worry. There's never been one dark moment. children whenever one falls. He's turning rivers of tears and into laughter. He's mending bridges. He's changing minds. I've seen him do it time after time. He's speaking peace to the storm because he's the master. what God does between the prayer and the answer. Turning rivers of tears back into laughter. He's mending fences, he's changing minds. I see him do it time after time. Making peace to a storm because he's the master. Oh, we love you, Master, today. This what God does between. The prayer and the answer. That's what God does between the prayer and the answer. All glory to his name. Thank you, Lord. All right. Thank you so much. I never could sing, and the Lord knew that, and He gave me a good singer, but she's kind of having some winging troubles, and so the kids stepped in to help us out this morning, and I'm thankful that they were able to come and be with us in the service. I'm going to be getting right to the Word shortly, but I want to echo just something that was said a while ago about 
being prayerful about the search for a pastor. You know, there's one person, there's not a dozen people that'll fit in here. It takes that one man or, or woman that God may choose that will find his will and, and they will blend with you. So be praying for that person. And I'm going to bring up one other subject. I know this is out of date and out of fashion, but if you, anyone feels led to fast and pray, I can tell you it gets results and seek God for guidance and wisdom for the men and women that will be trying to find the right one to come and minister to you and will have the burden on their heart for you and long road. So uh, as God leads you, let that be a part of your daily prayer life as well. And I know the Lord will bless you in that effort. Amen. Well, this morning, as, as it has been for the last several years, I get a phone call about 7 o'clock. This morning it came in a little late. It was about 7.40 this morning. There was a good friend of ours that calls me every Sunday morning from Stuttgart, West Germany. Now it's just Germany. His name is Johannes Hofer, and he has a prayer group. And I told him that I would be a preaching about 11 o'clock. He said, we'll go to prayer at 6 o'clock. That's exactly seven hours from us. He said, we'll be praying that God will anoint you. So if something breaks loose, <laughs> we'll be giving God the glory for the interceders that are praying for this service while we're here. Amen. Amen. I, um, I'm a simple guy, as you well know, and I, I just do simple stuff. I think simple and I preach simple. So I'm going to give you a simple message here today. We're going to look over into the Gospel of Mark chapter 2 this morning. We're going to have a lengthy reading. I normally don't choose that many scriptures, but I've got to get the story put together. We're going to begin in verse 1 of chapter 2 and read down through 12. This is out of the King James Version, so I encourage you to listen. If you don't have your Bibles, we will not try to put anything in that's not there, and we won't take out if it's not there. And this is the way it reads. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of palsy, which was bore of four. And when they had come in nigh on him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up and let down the bed wherein the sick of palsy lay, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemous? Who can forgive sin but God only? And immediately when Jesus uh, perceived in his spirit that they had so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason you these things in your heart? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. 
but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Now he saith them to the sick of palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he arose and took up the bed and went forth with them, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. I've got a title to this because I like the name, just like a name of kids. I like the name what I've got so I know when I want to go back to it. And I'm going to call this one, I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I pray today that heaven would open. I pray the anointing of the Holy Ghost would come into this room and that you would direct every word to be spoken that it shall penetrate each of our hearts, change our lives, and send us forth in a greater measure than we have ever had before. For we ask this not for our glory, but for your glory through us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're going to take notes, and I don't know that you need to, you can probably remember this simple outline. I'm going to talk to you today about the bed, about the band of brothers, and the blessing. That shouldn't take long, should it? It sounds pretty simple. I think I've already, I've already preached my message to you right there. But if we need a little explanation, maybe a little bit more definition, I'll try to get into it a little bit more and bring out a little more clarity to it if we could. Now, let me first of all explain to you there's some things that are not clear in the Bible, some things that you have to assume. And here is a story about a man that has no name. I don't know who he is, don't know where he came from, don't know his family, I don't know nothing. I don't know how long he's been sick. I don't know if he has had this all of his life or it's just happened. We don't know these things. So we have to take what we know and work with it. The Bible said that he had palsy or he was paralyzed and he's at home in bed. You know, I think any of us that ever been sick, been kind of locked into the bed, we get sick and tired of it real quick, don't we? Yeah. I do. I don't know about you. I'm not a good bed person. But I can tell you that that bed can become habit forming. Yeah. It can become a part of your life as much as life itself. Yeah. You can even become addicted to the bed. You can even begin to Quit thinking about anything else and just think of the comfort of the bed. Yeah. How easy it is. No problem, no trouble. Let people serve me. Let them watch after me. Let me just lay here and enjoy myself. Yeah. Bed has a terrible place. It's a comfort zone. When we see someone in bed, we automatically begin to feel a little sympathy for them. We want to do something to help them whether it be in the home or in the hospital or wherever it may be. But now this man is sick. Now how long he's been, I don't know, but let me tell you that paralysis will pretty just, just leave you demobilized where you can't move, you can't get out, you can't wait on yourself, you can't do anything. Maybe it's been going that way. Maybe it's been all his life. 
You know, he may have had a dream one time of being able to run, play, and take, and do all the activities of other people. But if you are sick, if you're broken, if you're in the bed, if you're paralyzed, your world is going to be a little different than what you observe in others. The bed. Let me just caution you. Be careful you don't get addicted to the bed. For you see, it's a comfort zone. It's a place where you can sit back and relax. You don't feel obligated to do anything but just do nothing. Uh, I've had that spell, but I don't like it too long at a time. I have to get up and get moving. I have to find a way to energize myself again. Did you know you can lay in that bed until it becomes your whole world? Are you with me? I, I had a cousin. Uh, we were very close. She was just a, a couple of years younger than myself, and, and she lived with us for a while while her parents were overseas. And so I, um, I felt closest to her as I did one of my sisters, and it was just a wonderful relationship. We had fun. We thought alike, alike. And then later on, she married one world, and I went to another world, and, and we kind of lost track. I knew where she lived. She was down at Little Rock, and then the time came that I was to pioneer a church in the Little Rock area. And I quickly got acquainted, reacquainted with her. By then she had three kids and I had three kids. And so we began to really renew our fellowship. And it was a wonderful time. Then one day, I, uh, that's when we went overseas. I was gone for, we've been involved in overseas missions for about 12 years. And I came back home and my aunt, her mother said, you need to talk to Zelma. She uh, She's having some problems. And I said, well, what are the problems? And they said, well, we don't really know. And I said, well, what's happening? And they said, well, back a few months ago, uh, she did get sick. We went to the doctor. The doctor said it shouldn't be long. And he gave her some medication and should have had her back out on her feet real quick. But she wasn't. And my aunt said, we're concerned about her. I want you to go in and talk with her. And I went in, and by now, she's been in that bed for a year. The doctor said there's nothing wrong with her. They said if she wanted to, she could get up and walk. So I go in, and I say, Zelma, what are you doing in bed? It's time to get up. She said, oh, I can't. I can't leave the bed. And do you know, she was convinced that there is no way to leave a bed. She was so convinced that she had to stay there that she stayed there and eventually died in that bed. Nothing wrong with her. Except that she could not accept the fact that she didn't belong to the bed. Sometimes... Sometimes we get addicted to certain feelings and places and emotions that we're locked in and we can't get free of. But I'm going to tell you, don't ever get hooked on the bed. If you can walk, you need to be walking. If you can fly, you need to be flying. <laughs> but don't get hooked on the bed. The bed's a terrible place to be addicted to. You know, you don't get much accomplished in the bed, do you? Now, there is some things you can daydream a little bit. You can even have a few nightmares. 
There's things that come along once in a while that works out pretty handy while you're in bed. But if you get it, you can't get out. The dreams are gone. You don't accomplish. You don't reach your dreams. Your, you don't reach your aspiration, your, your desires, your visions, all the things that once mustered up inside of you wanted to do. You dreamed about it, but you could never do it. You couldn't reach that place. You could never get out and face what you had to do to get that dream to come true. I'm talking only to the dreamers right now. I don't care how long you've been dreaming. If you don't get out of bed, you'll never get anything done. You need to shake loose the rags, shake loose the things that's been holding you down because it's time that you got on your feet. It's time to put a, a legs to your prayers. It's time to put some wind to your dreams and make them happen. Get out of that bed and get something going. We're told that there were four men. We have, again, no knowledge. I don't know if they were part of the family. I don't know if they uh, knew him all their life. I don't know why, but they're a band of brothers or band of believers, whatever you want to call them. And they came over and said, we're going to get some help. Aren't you glad for people that'll take the initiative and said, I want to do something? I got to do something. I can't stand by and watch this thing go nowhere. I've got to do something. Yeah. And they get in and get involved in their doers, I call them. Yeah. They make things happen. There's dreamers, but then there's doers. You can dream a life away and never get anywhere. You can dream about big things and never get accomplished until you step out and begin to go do something that you've never done before. Time to get out. It's time to go somewhere. It's time to take action. It's time to see some things begin to happen. Don't stop, even though it may sound ridiculous. I wonder if anybody ever has a, has a thought once in a while that sounds so bizarre, it sounds so far out, and you say, is that really real? Is that, could that really be done? Huh? I don't mind telling you. I'm a dreamer. I sit around my, I come up with crazy ideas once in a while. And I share with my wife and, and she's a kind of, you know, she brings me down to a level. She said, you sure that can be done? I said, you know, I don't know. I dreamed it. I wonder if it can be done. And you know one thing, I'm going to give her credit. She said, well, if you think it can be, right. we'll do it. Yeah. We'll do it. Right. You know that poor girl, I've drugged her. Ooh, Lordy. I've asked God to forgive me. I've asked her to forgive me. I've drugged her around. I've made her live in houses that are unfit. While we lived here in Long Grove, one day the termites swarmed in the house while we was gone. I didn't even know there was that many living there. When we came back, the wall had turned black with termites. She said, I ain't sleeping in that house. <laughs> That's the first time I ever heard her say, you can have it, buddy. I ain't going in there with you. Well, we didn't stay that night in the house. In fact, Brother McMurtry came along and tore the house down, I believe is what happened later to that. But we got rid of the termites anyway. Sometimes you can dream things that sound so far out that you wonder how real, if it's full of reality or not. 
is this, can this thing really happen? Does it really have potential? And I dreamed up some things. And I am a dreamer. But I can say this without any reservation. God gave me the right woman. She was just a kid. I married her. I know we, we grew up together. I'll just be honest with you. Some of that growing took some real pains at times, but we grew up. Someone said one time, how many fights have you had? I said, we've never had a fight. Disagreements? Yes. Never a fight. Because we eventually found a solution and answer for it. Yeah. There you go. Faith is our way. There's some difficult times. I'm going to tell you. Going to the top of the mountain is not always easy, folks. You want to reach the top. I did. I wanted to go to the top. But it's not always easy. When we built the church over there on, on Enterprise Road, uh, we worked day and night. It's a simple little simple building, but you ought to saw what we had before we started. It's bad. And we built that little simple building, and I worked day and night. One night at 3 o'clock, my wife came out and unplugged the lights. She said, you got to stop. You just got to and come in the house. And I knew she was right, but there was something said, get it finished, get it finished, get it finished. And we got it finished, and I walked up the mailbox one day, and there was a friendly letter from my uncle, Sam. <laughs> and a few of you got the same letter, I think, too. And we had, we had 10 days to report to Fort Chaffee, Arkansas. That was not in my plans. Did you ever do something you knew you didn't want to do, and you had to fight it with everything you got? I went home and I told Dorothy Keith, which church secretary, church secretary, I said, uh, looks like I'm going to be leaving. And boy, that woman got on the line. She called every senator, every congressman. She called any and everybody. She talked to everybody. And she came back and she said, there is no help. There are new deferments being given. You're going to have to go. That was not the message I wanted to hear. We finished the building. We dedicated it on Saturday night, Sunday morning. I preached my farewell message. And Sunday afternoon, I got in my car with a four-hour trip to Fort Chaffee, Arkansas. I sent my wife, and Sabrina was a baby, and I put them on the bus to Hawthorne, Nevada. And I'm going to tell you, for four hours, the devil had a pain. Did you ever go to a pity party? Don't ever stay if you wind up in one. They're terrible. They're terrible. I, the devil said, you got a bad deal. I said, I know it. He said, you shouldn't have had to do that. I said, I know it. You shouldn't be having to go down to Fortune. I know it. Four hours. The four hours. The only time I've ever agreed with the devil, I said, you're right. I was having a terrible time of it. And I'm driving along there, and I thought, it can't get any worse than this. We come to a little place called Barling, Arkansas, just before you get into Fort Chaffee. And God said, I've had enough of this. And I said, I've got to help that boy. He's, <laughs> he's the most, I'm a, I'm a positive person, but I had turned a leaf over, and I'm now the most negative person you've ever seen. Having a terrible day. 
feel like the whole world had dissolved under me. The devil had told me every lie he could think of, and I believed them all. And I said, oh, I know, yeah, yes, yes, I've lost my family, I've lost everything, nothing to look forward to. And God said, listen, there's one thing you haven't forgotten. Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things. <laughs> when that began to get a hold of my heart, I said, I found a rich gold mine. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Oh. <laughs> you ever hear the story about the bumblebee? I'm sure you've studied about it. The bumblebee is a scientific mystery. The body's too big, the wings are too small, they can't fly. That's, that's what they said. But I'm going to tell you something. Bumblebees can fly, and they can fly faster than I can run. I'm going to tell you that much right now. But the funny thing about a bumblebee, the, the bumblebee knows nothing about the laws of gravity or aerodynamics. He doesn't know anything about this body's thing and the wingspan. He doesn't know anything. But that bumblebee knows this, he can fly. And he does practice it. And just like that scripture, the devil said it can't be done. But God said, it can be. I can, I can, I can, I can. Say I can, I can. I left to throw that in the devil's face every time he comes up with something. I said, I can't do all things through who? Woo! <laughs> Which strengthens me. Well, I, I got to living by that. I, it was fun. I got to saying it all the time. And I was working there in post-transportation, and um, we were handling meal tickets and TRs, and, and they'd come in, through the in there where we were at, and I had a desk. And, and the boys, they just made up a joke out of it. It's a joke for me. They put a name plaque on my desk, and it said, I can too. <laughs> a lot of people come in, I can too. Is that really your name? I said, no. I said, that's a, take it out of the scripture in the Bible. It says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. The devil said, I'd never live for God while in the army, but I can too. And thank you for reminding me that I can. Oh, uh, you never believed some of the red faces I saw. Oh, <laughs> uh, they said, I can't believe that. I said, that's the truth. I can do all things through Christ. And I found out you can I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you're doing. You can have a good breakthrough time with God and he can lead you. Amen. Great time, great wonderful walks of God. I tell you what, there's things when the vision of our vision and our dreams begin to be blotted out and blocked out because of things that we have no jurisdiction over. Sometimes we have to get a hold of the horns of the altar. We have to hang on like crazy and cry out, God, I'm ready, let's do it. Now, I'm not going to take your time and go through all the stuff, but I'm going to tell you I found out something. You don't have to be able to do it. Just let God do it through you. 
when we got to Germany, I, our commanding general, uh, General Partain, one day, he, I had Sunday night service. He, he was sitting there one night. I had a bunch of young Germans come into the service. And, and um, I said, we're glad to have our German friends with us. And I went on talking. And I said, I wish we could just have open the doors and invite the Germans, America, everybody come on in and have a good time. Next Monday morning, I got a phone call. It was from General Partain's office. He said, can you come over? I want to talk to you. I went over. He said, what's the, what's the chances of having a revival and inviting all of the Germans to come in with the Americans? I said, I don't know about that. But he said, can you do it? I said, I can't, but God can. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole, but he said, well, I'll pick you up some help. And he did. He said, when I get a group assembled together, I'll call you. You come over and look at them, visit with them, talk to them about it. And he said, they won't know what I'm talking about when I say revival, but you do. And will you, can you put it together? I said, I'll try. He called me one day. I went over there and there was a table, a big conference table. And there were 15 men. And uh, these were every denomination, Catholic. The Jewish rabbi was there. We're going to have a Pentecostal revival. I looked, I said, only God, only God can have a revival out of that bunch. What can happen? Well, I didn't tell them what I was thinking, but I'm going to tell you, I was thinking, if there's going to be a miracle, it's going to have to be right here today. And do you know, I watched God step by step, and the General Partain did something that I, he said, I'll do what I can to help you. I didn't know what that meant. Well, what it meant was, he said, I can run an ad in the Stars and Stripes. That's a newspaper for all military personnel. He said, I'll run an ad. And he did. He ran an ad, went all over Europe. And it said, we're having a revival in Nuremberg. Please come. We begin to get letters from Rhoda, Spain, from Lake and Heath, England. People said, we're bringing a contingent of people. We're bringing 10 or we're bringing 15. And we'll be there for the revival. I said, oh, Lordy, we had a building seat about 350, and I'm getting these letters. I said, what are we going to do? And one day I was praying, I was driving around. I tried everything, find an auditorium, couldn't find nothing, didn't know what to do. We got them coming, where are we going to put them? And all one day I drove. You know, there's two churches that are recognized in Germany. It's the Roman Catholic Church and the Lutheran, of course, named after Martin Luther, which tacked his 99 protests against the Catholic Church on the church house door in Worms, Germany, protesting that beginning of the Protestant or denomination. And there was only two churches there in town, the Catholic and, and uh, the Lutheran Church. One day I was driving down the street, there's this huge mammoth church, one of the largest churches, because Nuremberg was the Protestant section of Germany, so the Protestants had this huge church, this Lutheran church. I looked at that thing and I thought, well, why don't we have something like that? God said, well, you can have that one right there. I said, what? He said, that's right, that's your church right there. Now, does that sound ridiculous? Does that, how many, come on folks, be honest, how many thought that sounded crazy? I did. God said, yeah, that's yours, go get it. I drove a little bit further. I said, God, are you joking me? He said, go back there and get it. I went back 
I walked in these huge mammoth doors. I asked for the rector or the pastor of the church. They took me back to the offices and I said, Sir, I'd like to know, would you be interested in leasing us your church for revival? Now that is ridiculous because the Germans never heard of revival. They said, well, I don't know. What is it? Is it like that Christ fest they had up in Würzburg? And oh yeah, that's what it's going to be like. It's going to be a Christ fest. <laughs> he said, you know that, I heard a lot of great things happen in that. Made me talk to my board. I went back the next week. Can I get one of these napkins here? Okay, good. He said, uh, I have talked to my board. I went back the next week. He said, I talked to the board. And they said, you could have it for a week if you let us come free. <laughs> it's all free. <laughs> I said, we'll certainly do that. And we began to get organized. We had to have German. We had to have bilingual people. We got a bunch of GIs, married German girls. They could speak German. We began to get them distributed around there. They were taken over. And we didn't know it had three balconies in it. Wow. We walked in there and, and the letters were coming. Some of them wrote letters said, we can't come. We'll just send you some money. And they were collecting it. And now guess who they elected as the custodian of the funds? For this meeting, the Jewish rabbi. I said, God's attested my faith. He's tested my faith. Every time we'd come together, we'd already spend another $500, $1,000 because now we're having to house people. We're having to set up all kinds of logistics operation, having to get buses, having to get people. We had to fly people in on the plane. It was crazy. And I said, how are we going to do it, God? He said, I'll do it. You just stay, hang in there. The Jewish rabbi every week would say, how are we going to pay these bills? $2,000, Army never pays bills. The government pays all the bills. You know about that, don't you? All right, now they're saying, we're going to have to pay the bill. How are we going to get it? We don't have no $3,000. We don't have $4,000. We don't have $4,500. And the rabbi was being nice. He came up to me and he said, I know you mean well. But he said, listen, I'm going to tell you, we don't have that kind of money. How are we going to pay these bills? And God just sparked something in my heart. I said, Chaplain Sandhouse, do you believe that God led the Israelites out of Egypt across the Red Sea into the Promised Land? Of course, the Jews believed that. He said, oh, yeah, I believe that. I said, would you believe we're fixing to have another sea crossing? <laughs> you know that's all it took? He said, oh, good. <laughs> we got permission to take one offering. That night... We had a Pentecostal service that opening night. There were 2,500 people on the ground floor. Oh, wow. We have no idea how many were in the balconies. We just didn't have the way to count everybody. The Spirit of God would break out over here in English. 
and it'd start flowing. He'd go into German, Portuguese, Spanish as it swept across the building. Everybody's singing in his own language the same song as heaven must be going to be like that. The anointing of God was upon that place. People were being delivered, sitting in the pew. Healing was taking place. It wasn't my service. It was God's service. <laughs> I still rejoice when I think what God can do. I can't do it, but God can. <sighs> well, we took our offering, and they came to me after service and said, what are we going to do with all this money? I said, put it in the trunk of my car. I'll haul it around the Monday morning, and I'll take it into Chaplain Sandhoff's office. Next Monday morning, uh, we have what they call snitzel bags over there. It's big old flags bags. And they had, I don't have any of them full. The next Monday morning, I got out. I started bringing them bags in, setting them down on the desk. Our expenses had run $4,500. Unheard of. I kept setting them bags down and go back and get two more. When I got the last one, he said, I know, I know you've counted it. Did you get enough to pay the bills? I said, I think between Deutsche Mark and dollars and pesos, we have a little over $9,000. Did you ever see a Jewish rabbi shout? <laughs> You know, it made such an impact. He started coming to our Sunday night service. I knew who he was. I didn't tell anybody. He'd come and sit out. He enjoyed the service and he'd talk to me about it. Let me tell you something. It's not what you can do or I can do. It's what God does through any of us that will make himself available. Huh? <laughs> oh, when God gets on the scene, you look out, buddy. Things will start happening for you. Huh? I don't care where you're at or what you're doing. God knows how to come in. <laughs> and they got down to the church, the scripture says, and they couldn't get in the door. No room, no room, no room. When you got your mind made up, church, there is a way. If you will take no for an answer, the devil will have to get out of the way. Your door, your, can, your doors can get blocked. Right. Huh? There will be people will turn you away. Yes. You know, I've had a weird ministry, and I don't, I don't, I'm not defending it. I'm not bragging about it. I'm just stating the fact. Twice I've had, now someone here a while back said, asked me if I was going to write another book, and I said, I'm thinking about it. It's going to be called The Sins of the Church. Oh, I got a list of them, brother. I'm going to tell you what. You'd be surprised who's been caught in that one. But let me tell you this. I don't care what goes on. God's still master over it all. Are you with me? Are you with me? I want to tell you, I don't understand it. I can't explain it, so don't ask me how. But God does things that no man can even figure out. You said, well, I've come up against things. I've come up against the wall that couldn't be moved. It was just, it just had me. I, I, could, I couldn't get free of it. I couldn't get loose. I couldn't get, couldn't get, it, was, it just blocked me from ever accomplishing anything. God can do anything. 
That's simple stuff, I know, but it can be done. Huh? God can do anything. Huh? One night, I, uh, I well, while I was passed over at Bethel in close to Ardmore, when, when God spoke to my heart one Saturday night. My wife had been going to see a doctor there in town, a nice guy. He went to another church, in fact. Um, a denominational church, but anyway, I called him. I said, uh, I tell you what, I said, I never asked anybody to do this in my life, and I'm going to ask you, would you come to church in the morning? He said, I don't know. I have to talk to my wife. I said, well, if you can at all, come in the morning. He said, why? I said, I don't know. I just felt like I was supposed to have you to come in the morning. He said, well, okay, uh, I'll see. Well, Sunday morning come around, and there was a guy come in the door, and I knew him. He came in in a wheelchair. He'd been over here at Healdens. Some steel fell off and crushed him right in here, paralyzed him from this point down. His arms were free, but after that it was it. And he came in the door. I'd got acquainted with him, and I knew that he lived in constant pain. He carried a wash rag so he could put it in his mouth when the pain got so severe, he'd bite down on that rag, keep him crying. I knew it was hurting him. And I, that morning I gave an invitation and I, I saw him come out in the aisle in a wheelchair and here he comes. And I thought, well, he's having pain this morning and he needs some help. And so I stepped down there and I was going to pray for him. I was going to catch him as he kind of reached the front. And as he got down there, he put his hands on the sides of that chair. And I knew that's whenever pain was the most severe, when he was trying to get up and get on the bed or trying to get out of that chair. That's when he hurt the worst. And so I stepped down there and I slipped my arms around him. I didn't want him falling back in the chair. He was already in pain. And I stuck my arms around him and I said, Lord, lay your hand upon David. And that's about all I said. That's not a real faith building prayer, but that's all I said. And when I said that, I felt him and he jumped back against me and I stood back. He stood there straight up as like as I was. I stepped back and he walked over to me. I said, David, David. He started grinning. We took off running and said, come on, David, let's go. We run to that side. We hit that building. We turned around. We came back across. We went over and hit the side of that building. He's just riding with me. Never missed a step. I said, David, are you in pain? He said, all gone. No pain whatsoever. I wish I had time to tell you that full testimony. He went to the doctor the next morning. It was already scheduled. He had to go in regular because to get his... Uh, a uh, check that he had. He had to go in every week be checked by the doctor. He, he went in and walked in. The doctor said, what's wrong with you? And he said, I'm healed. He said, no, you're not. He said, yes, I'm healed. He said, how much pain? He said, I'm, I don't have any pain. He said, hang on. He picked up the phone, called a psychiatrist in the same building. <laughs> he said, I want you to go talk to a friend of mine. <laughs> David said, okay. He walked in there, and the guy said, what does he want you to come in for? He said, he told me that I wasn't healed. And the guy said, well, what was wrong? And he told me he was paralyzed. And he said, and you can't walk? And he said, no, can't walk a bit. <laughs> he said, you don't have any pain? He, says, he said, sir, let me tell you something. Yesterday in church, God completely healed my body. He mended all the broken parts. And he took all the pain. And the psychiatrist said, you know what? I don't understand it, but I believe exactly I'm going to put on there healed. Amen. And sent him back to the doctor. 
I tell you, it's wonderful when you see God do things that you can't do. Huh? One night, we was in, in a place called Weilendorf. It's right out of Stuttgart. And it's a, it's a, I can tell you so many wonderful stories about this. But that night, there was a young GI and his wife that came to church, John and Lisa. And they had little Johnny with them. Long story about that, but I won't get into it right now. But Lisa, at birth, had a defect. Her, her, I believe it was her uh, left leg that was six or three inches shorter than the other leg. She had a built-up shoe, and she could walk with that, that shoe so she didn't have a dip. But it was always, it was a malformed leg. It always hurt her, always painful. And uh, every once in a while, she'd ask, say, Pastor, pray, pray for my leg. It's sure been hurting me today. That Sunday night, everybody was leaving. Everybody Pruel gone. And she woke up, Pastor, would you pray for my leg? It's just hurt me. I said, at least sit down in this chair. And I sit her down in the chair. I knelt down in front of her and I picked up the heels of her shoe. And I said, God, if you could right now, in the name of Jesus, touch Lisa's body. Now that is not a very long prayer. But when I said that, I watched that foot just grow out to the length of the other foot. Now she's got a foot too long. And I looked up at her and I said, stand up, Lisa. She stood up. Now that built-up shoe was too tall. Yeah. And she said, I'll just have to go home barefooted. We had a big snow that night and she went home barefooted in them. <laughs> and barefooted, she come back the next service and she had a brand new store-bought shoes that she had never had in her life. The first time in her life, she had bought a pair of shoes in the store. And she got up. Now, I know that's just don't excite anybody but me. But boy, she'd walk around and she thought, them's the greatest shoes I've ever owned. You know, God knows how to lengthen them. He knows how to shorten them. Yes, he does. I got one more short story. It's a, I, I, I lost my watch. I can't even see that one up there. I believe it's almost 11 o'clock. <laughs> or maybe I'm looking at the wrong one or something. Some, I, I never talk denomination. I don't talk about what that one believes and that one don't believe. I talk what Jesus is. I talk what Jesus can do. I love to brag on the Lord. That's the only thing I talk about. I don't care what church you belong to. It don't matter to me as long as your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I had a, a Presbyterian chaplain ask me to come to a meeting the chaplains were having. Now, that's, that's a, you want to talk about a stuffy place. That's where it's at. <laughs> so I went down there. And you know, I don't care. I, I learned a great lesson. I don't care what your background, pedigree, what your degrees are in, or anything about it. When God gets past that, He can do miraculous things. And that night... That night we were there, and these are men. Most of all of them had to have at least a master. Many of them had PhDs. They had spent a lifetime they, just trying to do all kinds of great things. And education will not do it. It might get you a position, but it won't get you anywhere with God. He's not impressed with your degrees or anything else. And that night they were there, and the Spirit of God 
You believe in the Holy Ghost. You believe there is a manifestation that God sends that sweeps over the soul and changes us and makes us all one in Christ. We had it to happen that night. We saw people, that, uh, men, men that had spent a lifetime, one of them had spent 25 years in the military. He was ready for retirement as a lieutenant colonel, and God knocked him flat of his back. He flounced like a fish, and God had just saved him and filled him with the Holy Ghost. He got up and he said, it's real, it's real, it's real, it's real. I'm telling you, I never saw so many radical fanatics in my life as I did that night. God, you know, I just, I just stood back over there and marveled. I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was God. You know, wonderful when God comes in. You know, He can fill anybody who wants to be, wants to be filled. He can save anybody who wants to be saved. But you've got to be one to be saved. We had a wonderful night. It went almost to midnight. And... Uh, what did I do with my hanky? Did I give it something? Well, I'll start all over. Then, when I tell this part of the story, something just churns inside of me. We had a great night. People were saved, filled with the Holy Ghost that night. The chaplain that invited me come over, and he had a man in civilian clothes, and he said, do you know this man? I said, no, sir. And the man said, I've never met him before in my life. The chaplain said, I'm going to tell you who he is. There's only one like him in the United States Army. He's a four-star general. He's in charge of all chaplains throughout the military and the Army ranks. And he stood there and he said, I've been to these retreats. I've never seen what I've seen here tonight. I watched God do something I had never seen before. <laughs> and he broke down and he was weeping and he said, I pray I can see it again. I want to see it again. He said, if I can get the biggest retreat center in Europe, I want you to come and preach. I said, I'd love to, and he did, and I did. Oh, we, we met at the General Walker. I think some of you came to see me when I was over there from now. Say, we, the General Walker won the biggest retreat. It was not, it was Adolf Hitler's place. He brought the Gestapo and, and the SS, and that's where they got their special reward. It's a beautiful place. They just tore it down a few weeks ago, but we gathered that, that night. He said, I want you to preach. We had every flavor. We had two Roman Catholic priest that tried to interrupt the service. I finally said, let them do their thing, whatever it is. And they got up there and sung a little dilly, do ray for Jesus, who ray for Jesus. I said, let them sit down. They were happy and I was happy. <laughs> Nobody got hurt. <laughs> and we did went ahead and preached whatever God gave me that night. And I saw the blessings of the Lord. Listen, I'm going to tell you, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't care who you are, where you're at, what you've been doing, and how you're raised. God is God. And he is a master of every situation. <laughs> Let me tell you, God does things that I don't even know about. 
He does things that he don't tell me about. This morning at four o'clock, I was out walking across the yard. I said, God, we got to have church this morning. I said, you've got to come to church this morning now, Lord. And Jesus, Jesus said, let's have church now. <laughs> and heaven began to fall and the blessings began to annoy my soul. My wife got up about break up, break up, sign up. <laughs> think I was breaking up and she was getting up. <laughs> we had a wonderful time. She can't sing sitting there, but she's going to try. You got your mic started? No? No? I'm sorry. You got to get that girl. She ain't giving up, neither am I. That's all right. Y'all help her there if you can. Okay. You don't need to come up here. Don't need to come. That's all right. Just sit right there. It's fine. That's right. It's all right. Now listen to this song. If it hits you just right, respond. You gotta give up. Give up. Let Jesus, let Jesus take over. Give up. Let Jesus take over. <laughs> Sing that verse. Now, now if God that you that you you can't bear, and if, and if you're low, oh yes, it's more, oh, more than you can bear. I was. 
Jesus. I said, I got a feeling that somebody here tonight, somebody needs a fresh touch in your life. You need a new touch in your soul. You need a new breakthrough in your life. You need God to come on the scene. And he's able here tonight. He's able here right now. If you need that, stand right where you're at. You don't need to say anything here. I believe God's going to see and know the burden and the cry of our heart while she sings that one more time. Heavenly Father, those that are standing, God, reach out and touch their lives. Let the powers of the Holy Ghost fall, Lord. Anoint God. Bless and lead. up, Lord, for the glory of your word. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's all right. That's all right. All right, you got another? That's all right. Give up. If anybody needs prayer, I feel there's a Holy Ghost power in this room. Break every shackle. If you're faced with something that's been impossible, let God take over right now and work out the details for you. He'll do it in His way in your life, and it will be a blessing to the kingdom of heaven. And I'll pray with you, but God does the work. I pray and God does the work. If you need, I want to pray with you. Anyone feel led to come? I want to pray with you. I believe in prayer. I believe in the old-fashioned power of God coming down and changing the lives of situations, conditions, lives of people in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Well, I don't know who to turn this to. If I turn it to anybody, okay, you take your text and go where you want to. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Doug. You... You know what I like about those stories that's happened years ago and the testimonies? The Bible says the same God that was then is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That same God that healed and delivered and moved and, and had revival back in those days is the same God that's here today. And the same God will be here next week and the week after. And I don't think God's changed a bit. I think if we'll open up, He'll come and He'll move again. Amen. I believe God's got great things for us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you guys for coming. We enjoyed that. Uh, Brother Duck will be back with us next Sunday morning as well. Come back tonight at 6. We're going to have church. We're not shutting down church. Uh, we're not closing the doors. We'll still be here, so come out and join us tonight. Uh, don't forget, ladies, if you're, if you're wanting to go to the Daughters Conference, meet down here with Jill and those that want to help with the nursery, uh, which should be everybody. Uh, 
get with Courtney. If she's not in here, we'll get your name and number for her as well, and, and she'll be making contact for you uh, so we can, you know, we need to get, we need people back there with those babies teaching them, and, and we, they may not be able to teach them a Bible story, but we can sure share it with them. We can, we can, uh, we can tell them a Bible story. They may, they may still be babies, but you know what? We begin at birth with them. We begin at that young age, putting the Word of God in them. Amen. Amen. Stand with us this morning. We're going to close in prayer. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you tonight, this morning. Lord, we praise you for what you've done this morning. God, we thank you for the mighty move that we felt this morning. God, we thank you for the word that was brought. Lord, and I pray, Lord, that we never have to have a whole tour in the roof for those to come that need healing, that need a touch from God. But, Lord, we open the doors for them to, to come in, Lord, because we know that you're here and where you are. God, miracles happen. Great things happen because with you all things are possible. And we praise you this morning. Lord, as we leave, I pray you keep us safe. Lord, bring us back tonight, Lord, once again to your house, Lord, to worship you and celebrate you, Lord. We love you, and we give you the praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen.